Welcome to this episode of The On-Call Empath. Alcohol can be a deadly drug. There's a lot of people out there that have tried and failed over and over to get over it. Well, I decided to bring somebody who's been in rehab for over 2,300 days. His name is Stefan Neff, a doctor, an author, and a YouTuber. You definitely don't want to miss what he has to say in this episode. And if you know an alcoholic or you are one yourself, you want to stick around for this episode. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. Tranquility Base here. The angle has landed. Welcome to uh, the On Call Empath. I'm your host, Raj Mantaj. I have a very special get- guest today. His name is Stefan Neff. And uh, he's actually in New Zealand. So I appreciate you being on the call. How are you doing today? I'm doing ever so well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It is an honor. Very impressed with your story. So let's start off by asking, you know, please tell me about yourself and, uh, you know, the addiction and how it started. Oh, well, well, I'm uh, now 54. I'm originally from Germany and I'm an anesthetist. I worked hard throughout my whole life and, and achieved a lot of things. But unfortunately, along the lines, alcohol was initially a friend and was helping me to be not as shy and was helping me a lot to relax. And it certainly had a lot of benefits initially in my life for me. It gave me this Dutch courage. It gave me all these, these you know, relatively positive uh, things. But that unfortunately soon changed. And uh, when did you notice things changing? What what was the tipping point? Was it, What kind of... Hmm. What kind of situation were you in, if you don't mind me asking? Not at all. In reality, there are sometimes in in alcoholic stories, there is that one pivotal moment. I think in reality, for most people out there, it's not that one moment. It is a slippery slope where things get worse and worse and worse, where simply your life is getting out of control, often enough due to trauma and due to depression, anxiety, PTSD, external challenges that life throws at you. And I was certainly Mm -hmm. a man who had not been taught by either my parents or my school systems or anywhere down the line to look after myself. I had no training to deal with my own emotions. I had, I was an an imbecile. Mm -hmm. I was a a, a retard, an emotional retard uh, through most of my life because Yeah, I I was simply I was simply pushing them away, either working long hours, which therefore I didn't have to deal with my emotions or when I couldn't work, then I would drink because that's the way you numb yourself very effectively. And for a while it works. 
But then, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. No, it is. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> you're brave enough to come on and and and, and uh, share your story, because there are a lot of people that are listening right now that you know whether it's alcohol, drugs, um, any type of addiction. I mean, it could even be like food addiction. You know, it, whatever the the addiction is, it, it stems from. Uh, um, a common source. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. If you, you, if you and your viewers imagine a big tree, the picture of a single tree somewhere in a field, and you have branches on the tree, well, take the big branches, and one of these branches is chemical addiction, another branch is eating disorders, another branch is uh, more the, the kind of activity-related things, you've got gambling, all these kind of addictions are out there, sex addiction, pornography addiction. Right. If you then follow the branches down through the stem into the, to the earth, Underneath the earth, you have got all the roots that keep this this tree alive. And these roots are PTSD, trauma, anxiety, all those things. So if you can take all that away and deal with the underlying reasons, suddenly you find yourself in a scenario where actually these addictions do no longer play such a huge role. And that is the key to any kind of help, to any kind of uh, improvement of your life. If you want change, if you want transformation, you cannot just stop drinking or stop smoking or right. stop using. Uh, before long, you will either relapse, that's then virtually a given, or you switch to another addiction. We call that cross addiction, mm -hmm. so that uh, you stop with one thing, but then your your ways and paths don't change. Your behavior doesn't change, and you go for something else. Sure. That's a very good point. Um, now, a lot of my uh, listeners um, they probably don't know that uh, you you are a, a doctor, and I want you to kind of talk about that um you know we don't think that hey you know doctors can be you know uh addicts uh, it doesn't matter who you are being a doctor explain to me like the challenges of getting help and, and being in a in a high profession like that nobody's immune oh right? hell no i think one in three people suffer from chemical addiction throughout the world and about one in five will suffer from alcohol uh, use disorder or dangerous drinking so that is a lot of people and alcohol is the great equalizer it doesn't care if you're a boy or a girl or non-binary it doesn't care if from which caste you come from which social strata you have come i when i was in rehab seven years ago there were uh, simple workers there there were truck drivers there there were lawyers there there were you name it from any any background uh people are coming and as far as doctors are concerned well we are type a personalities we are people who right. are striving 
to the highest, highest level of, of, uh, being there for our patients, of being 100% correct. And, and if, uh, if a mistake occurs, or if there is a negative outcome, we are the first to whip ourselves bloody because we, we right. can't stand it. So there's huge pressure on us from within. Yeah. As well as, of course, yes, you are wearing a mask and that mask is there and it's there for a good reason. I can't just walk into an emergency room and and see a major trauma or so happening and then fall to pieces because I let my own emotions come out. Uh, that's that's not what helps. So I need to have that mask. I need to be able to compartmentalize and to go in there, kick ass, uh, rescue that life, rescue that person, deal with any kind of eventuality. And then afterwards, I can deal with my emotions. So that's the way the game is played for a doctor. Mm -hmm. The problem, of course, is, is if you have never learned how to deal with your emotions, then you might be tempted to fall back onto alcohol or other other not so positive coping mechanisms and that's certainly what had occurred to me sure. now being a doctor means that yeah. you you strive to be perfect you always try to be the, the best guy ever and therefore it is so much harder to actually admit to yourself that you're in trouble right and i just want to point out to the listener um if you are you know having problems with addiction um, it doesn't matter. I mean, you've heard it even from a doctor. I mean, if you're high functioning, you're able to keep your job and, and do, you know, have kids and a family. It is very challenging. It's like a double life. You're wearing a mask, but you're still high functioning. You have to go to work and smile and do the role. But I can imagine for you being a doctor, it's got to be really tough to, to, uh, you know, do both things. And, you know, one of the biggest things uh, in the U.S. is the suicide rate among doctors uh, or people in general. But, I mean, doctors, uh, they have a very high suicide rate because of the stress. Mm. That's a very big mm. problem, but we don't we don't talk about it because it's taboo. Mm. So I appreciate you, uh, you know, talking about that. Um, I just wanted to ask you really quick, um, as far as, like, you know, getting help. I, I know you noticed I was reading your bio um, can a addict get help by themselves, uh, by a 12 step, or it says like, you know, your wife mm. helped you, um, which is amazing, uh, to have uh, a family member or wife to help you, but can it be done by, by yourself or is that impossible? It's, it is possible. Um, I think if you look at your chances of succeeding, it would be extremely unlikely, but it is possible. I've met people who were, who had decided enough is enough and they sought the help uh, from books, uh, self-help, etc. And they were successful. Now, I there are not many self-help books that I have not read throughout my life. And when I say throughout my life, throughout my hazy, alcohol-drenched life, uh, I read it all. Tony Robbins, everything. So I knew exactly what to do in theory. Uh, there to actually put it into, into action is something very different. Also, you don't often have the insight that you require. I'll give you an example. I 
had a uh, friend who last year ended up with quite a nasty PTSD. He was a special forces uh, soldier, uh, medic, and uh, while well, his past life has come back to haunt him. And he really fell apart. And then he sought help, came back to work, and said, hey, look, I'm all fine now. And I said, bullshit, you are. Mm. He said, yeah, yeah, trust me, trust me, <laughs> I'm going to be all fine. And so I said, yeah, right. And in my mind, I was saying, come on, here you are, hypervigilant, can't sleep, on the edge always, always, you know, it was, he, he ticked all the boxes after PTSD. And the moment I was ticking the boxes for him, I realized, hang on, I'm ticking the same boxes. What the hell? Now that was last year, <laughs> fifty-three years old. My trauma—I was—I was—I was the the victim of a gang violence. That was when I was thirteen. Mm -hmm. So that was forty years earlier. I had masked that trauma for me very effectively. I put it into positive spin. I became the fighter. I became the 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 guy who was training every day for two hours, four hours, to to be a the, the, the a real mean fighting machine, which I yeah was successful to become. But it I turned it all positive. But the trauma was still there. The PTSD was still there, and I didn't realize that for a very long time. And that's the same problem. You see, there was this festering wound there for 40 years. And it's only last year that I started to train the pus and actually got better from that. So you can't do it alone. Sure. You sometimes have to have someone, not sometimes, you always have to have someone who actually holds the mirror in front of your face and allows you to explore yourself in a safe right and i'm glad you brought that up i'm talking to a friend right now he's um he i mean we went we work together um and now he you know he has kids um he's a father and i want to help this guy i care about him we work together but now he's facing you know uh al you know he he's an alcoholic and you know his wife left him and every time he tries, he fails. He, he went to AA, you know, and, and tried to get help. Um, and I'm, and I'm going to probably uh, have you contact him, but, but more importantly, I, I wanted to, he, the one thing that I want to ask you is how many times did you fail before you succeeded? Cause I think one of the frustrating mm -hmm. things among people that are alcoholics mm -hmm. or drug addicts is they'll try and they'll do everything they can, mm -hmm. but they keep failing. Imagine for a moment that you have got a little toddler and this toddler is just starting to learn to walk. Now, this toddler will fall over many, many times. When will you start or when will you stop the toddler and say enough is enough now? You have had it. You have had your 10 goes. Now it's enough. You will no longer walk. OK, it's not on. You, you're a clear failure there, aren't you? Well, that wouldn't happen, would it? And with regards to alcohol, well, you know, in my case, I had a better part of quarter of a century where I used alcohol as a crutch. So do you think by suddenly stopping and going to ugh, make it make it 30 meetings in 30 days? Do you think that in 30 meetings I can undo the, the damage and the guilt and the shame and the trauma that was happening for quarter of a century? I do not think so. So recovery is a journey 
and you will struggle and you will and I don't I hate the word fail you will lapse in your first year the chances are about 80% 80% of alcoholics will drink wow, again that's, that's in high. their first year absolutely and that's what you expect this is a powerful powerful drug this is uh, a this there are things happening below your conscious level so all the all the, the shame the guilt all these kind of things are happening sort of there in your brain and you're acutely aware of it what you're not aware of are the triggers and that is the hard work where you need sure. to figure out hang on why are you drinking and to deal with the underlying trauma we discussed that already but to learn the new habits that is so important. Part of my book, a big part of my book, is all about the creating new micro habits. So I wrote my steps to sobriety as as a, a journal, as a journey uh, of where I have come through, and I've put heaps of information and action plans, etc., in there. So, and it is all about these micro habits. I give you an example: halt, H A L T. Is a, an acronym that works powerfully for me. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If I'm hungry and angry and a bit tired, I think of alcohol, like it or lump it. I'm now seven years down the line, but still I think of alcohol or I think of, oh, I want a whole cheesecake or I want something this dis destructive. If it's only one sort of, let's say, I'm hungry or I'm thirsty, then, yeah, often enough my body can distinguish. But the moment several of these things come together, oh, I'm all there. Give me that bottle of whatever it is. And it is these triggers. You need to work with them. You need to recognize them. You need to, to experience mm -hmm. them and then learn what to do. And in my sure. so in my book, I, I describe the, the the analogy of a wave. If you're in the ocean and suddenly you see uh, hundred meters away, there's this big wave coming towards you. Well, you might like it if you're a surfer, or you might hate it if you're a swimmer. The, the wave doesn't care, and it's the same with the craving. It's the same with the temptation. You will have this craving, and it will come. But like the wave. It will go. It will last yeah. five minutes, etc. And these are the lessons that you need to learn. And you can't just, it's like going to the gym. You can't go once to the gym and then you look stunning and will be healthy forever. It's the same with recovery. You need to work at it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't work at it, if you don't work on your recovery, then you work on your relapse. You have so much knowledge about this subject and you've been through it yourself. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you uh, one question, which it is a kind of a sub, uh, sensitive subject. Please. You do not have to answer it, but I like to ask the hard questions on here on of my course. podcast. So um, it, if you if it's uncomfortable, you we can pass it. But I do want to ask you, can you tell me your stance on God and, and how it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm an, you know, helps you. Uh, I'm a mixture of an atheist and humanist. Um, I do not believe in a deity. I do not believe in God. And sure. I do certainly not, uh, not buy into the AA as a religious system. In reality, AA uh, was invented in the 1930s and this was a time when God and religion played a, a big role in 
America where the, the movement started. And for the people who created it, Bill Wilson and, and his team there, for them it was logical to tap into that because they wanted to have this buy-in. They were very good salesmen in their own right, and that is where the God uh, side of things came in. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, answering that sensitive question. Uh, again, I like to you know, ask the hard questions and be transparent with my, my listeners. Um, and you are very transparent. So thank you for that. There's a lot of people listening right now and they have addiction and they've tried and tried and tried and failed and failed. So what w one thing can you tell my listeners or my audience? Um, if you, if, you know, looking back at what you went through, what is one thing that you can tell them right now if, um, when they're listening and they've lost hope and they're, you know, they're addicts, they have, what would you be able to tell them? It will feel unbelievable to you, but there is a solution out there. There is hope out there. And you're most importantly, you're not alone. Your shame and your guilt that you feel are evil twins that you need to push aside. You need to take an honest look at yourself. And that means to actually go to your GP or family physician and make a double appointment, sit down with that person and open up and say, look, I'm in trouble. And there are a number of, of helps, of help resources and help paths out there. And not everyone will be for you. If you're highly religious, if you believe in God and Jesus and, and or that kind of belief system, then maybe a classic AA system might be really of help to you. If you're completely secular like me, then you might maybe rather prefer the smart recovery if you're in the United States or Canada, which is a more science-based approach. There are, if you're a woman and really don't like this main kind of bees around you well there's women in recovery um so there are specialized groups that know where you have been there are groups that are specializing in lgbtq and so non-binary people because that's a huge uh problem these uh, these non-binary groups often there's a high level of, of drug addiction and mental health problems there so again there are people out there who are in your niche who have been there and whatever has happened to you, rest assured, it has happened to someone else too. So find those people, find your own tribe, and then learn from them what has worked with them. That's that's awesome. I, and, and I just wanted to re reiterate that. I, I want my, you know, all my listeners right now, you know, you're, you're hearing from somebody that went through hell and back. And this is proof that you can do this too. Can you please uh, explain how we can find out more about you and your book? And um, and I definitely do want to have you on for a second episode. You you just you have too much knowledge, <laughs> so I'd like to have a few episodes, and and, and that way people will tune in uh, and get more value out of you. But I saw your book on Amazon. It has a lot of good information. Can you please uh, tell us where we can find that and and uh, what it's it about? Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much. So My Steps to Sobriety uh, is the title of my book and it's also the, the social media handle for Instagram, Facebook, for all pretty much all things. I don't tweet. I think I got a sour taste in my mouth after your president <laughs> get a little bit too wild there. So no, no tweeting for me. Um, but instead, uh, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube channel and podcast. They're all as My Steps to Sobriety. My book is out there on Amazon as a hard copy and as an ebook, and very soon as an audiobook as well. There is soon a workbook coming out with exercises that allow you to, to more explore your own uh, deep journey inside yourself. But this is not a let me do it all myself alone thing. The workbook is there for you to actually take the inventory and then talk to someone and basically speed up your recovery because you've already done some of the hard work. So all that is out there. So look me up, My Steps to Sobriety. And uh, it is so important that you guys don't give up your hope. There is help out there. If I can be of assistance with my book, there is so much information there and so many action plans in there. So I hope that helps you. But there are many other ways how to get sober as well. But yeah, it is, it's so beautiful. That life that is waiting for you, I cannot stress how powerful that joy and that bliss is that lives in me now compared with that shame in the past. Well, I appreciate you being here, um, Dr. Stefan uh, Neff. You've, you've really, I hope this touches a lot of people out there that are listening. Um, you're always welcome to come back and give us your knowledge. And um, I'll take it is a look an honor. book myself, too. <laughs> <laughs> it is an honor. Well, Thank you very much, Raj, for having me. I'm wishing you all a fantastic day out there. That's the end of this episode and uh, stay tuned for the next one. And if you can leave a review or uh, subscribe, that would help us out a lot. And uh, we're out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.